Welcome to First Presbyterian Church in North Palm Beach, Florida. We exist to help people pursue and share gospel-driven lives. We hope whether you're investigating faith, a seasoned follower of Jesus, and anywhere in between, this podcast helps you connect with Jesus. Okay, so in our sermon series, we are going through the words of Christ on the cross. Um, Today's is actually the fourth in the sermon series, and it it is an incredibly significant statement that Christ makes. I'm going to read just two verses for you, verse 45 and verse 46 from Matthew's gospel. And in this gospel, this is the very last thing that Jesus says before he dies on the cross. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lema, Sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So, about six years ago, we invited all of the pastors that we work with around the world to come to North Palm Beach for a time together. And what we wanted to do was to gather these pastors from Cuba and from Lima, Peru, from Berlin, from Mexico, from Athens, all the significant partners that are working in churches. We wanted them to come here to North Palm so that we might care for them and encourage them. And as part of this gathering, what we did is we had different speakers come in uh, as part of this time. So there's a A business person down in West Palm that owns two Chick-fil-A's, we invited him to come and speak about leadership and and leadership in the church. We had Jim Lobb, one of our own members, who has written a textbook on servant leadership. He spoke about um, servant leadership and about how you apply that in ministry. And then we had a local therapist, Mary Tatum. She came and her topic was the nine types of loneliness. And Mary shared this topic and the pastors and their wives were were actually on the edges of their seats. And Mary hit deep in the heart of each one of them and, and also it would resonate with each one of us that loneliness actually is an epidemic in our culture today. People are disconnected. They don't feel seen. They don't feel heard or understood. And these pastors and their spouses, six years later, are still talking about the impact of Mary's talk to them. And when we think of loneliness... And in light of today's passage where Jesus cries out for being forsaken, he's acknowledging what he was feeling, that he felt disconnected, that he felt alone, that he felt there was no one there for him, with him, neither human nor God. Forsakenness, abandonment, is something that we all have experienced. It's a pretty basic part of the human condition. 
We've all had people who have walked out of our lives. We've had people who have said, I don't want to be connected with you anymore. We've all had people who have died and we feel now at a loss because of that. Some have had employers say, we don't need you anymore. We've had friendships that have drifted apart or spouses that have walked out on us or a parent who just is too busy to even spend time with us. When Jesus cries out about forsakenness, he's touching a chord that most of us resonate with. And I think it's amazing in in the context of this story to understand that the Son of God, who was present at the creation of the world, actually became human and took human form, became human, and, and, and now is experiencing what we would say is a, a part of the human condition. God knows what you and I are going through because Jesus was one of us. God became flesh and lived with us. Now there's, um, there's research that has been done about how rejection and abandonment actually impacts us. And when, when we are rejected or when we are abandoned or when we are deserted or relinquished or experiencing loneliness, what research shows is that our brains interpret it as if it's a physical pain. The places in our brains that light up when we get punched in the gut are the same places in the brain that light up when someone walks out of our lives. And so our brain puts together physical pain and emotional pain and and we experience it as the same thing. It hurts as if we've been punched. Now, with that in mind, I, I was thinking through the story of Jesus on the cross and what he experienced as a human. Okay, so he does experience physical pain. He is beat. He is whipped. He has a crown of thorns placed on his head. So he he understands um, the physical pain of what he's going to go through when he dies on the cross. The spear in his side, the nails in his hands and his feet. But then he also experiences um, the mockery, the verbal um, comments from religious leaders and from uh, the political leaders, from the soldiers, from the crowd. I I read one um, article, I'd never heard this before, that talked about whenever there was a crucifixion that people would come out just to insult the people who were dying. 
And so Jesus experiences the physical pain. Jesus is experiencing the, the verbal comments. And then in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is basically left alone. There is no one there for him. His closest friends, his disciples have all fled. His family is not present. In Matthew's telling of the story, his mother is not there. John, the disciple that, that we read about last week, he is not there in Matthew's version of the story. He's completely and utterly abandoned by everyone that he knew. And, and so if this is, if, if the research today can speak into this, what Jesus is experiencing is, is physical pain and then verbal insults and then emotional pain. To the very depth of his humanness, Jesus is experiencing being abandoned. He knows what you go through when someone walks out of your life. He knows what you go through when no one picks you to be on their team for kickball. He knows what you go through when a friendship that meant the world to you has somehow drifted apart. But beyond that, there's a spiritual side of what this abandonment that's happening that Jesus is experiencing as well. And so what the scripture tells us, uh, the Apostle Paul writes about, and he says, uh, Jesus who knew, who was sinless, who knew no sin, became sin for you and for me. Sinless, who became sin. And so what we understand is that sin separates us from God. The prophet Isaiah uh, speaks about because of sin, God turns his face away from his people. And we understand from the Apostle Paul that the consequences, the wages of sin, is separation from God, is, is death. And so because of sin, your relationship and my relationship with God was broken. And to bring about reconciliation, God sends his son who had been present with his father from the beginning of time, who was present at creation. God sends his son who was never had experienced being separated from his father in a loving, intimate, connected relationship. And then he takes the sin of the world, your sin, in my sin, and he puts it on himself on the cross. 
and being a just and holy God, the, the consequences of sin had to be paid. The price that had to be paid was death. And the one who knew no sin became sin for you and for me. And it was at that moment on the cross when the sin of the world is placed upon Jesus that the Father turns away. And for the first time, Jesus experiences what it's like to be forsaken of his Father. And he does this for you and for me. He who knew no sin became sin. He who had never been separated from God was forsaken by God so that you wouldn't have to be, so that I wouldn't have to be. He took on the punishment for you and for me so that we wouldn't have to go through that. So when God, when Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's crying out, taking the punishment, taking what you deserved and what I deserved so that we would never have to experience God turning his face away from us. That's an amazing gift that we've been given. Now, if you're exploring the Christian faith, if you're trying to figure out what is unique about Christianity, one thing I, I want you to see is that the God who loves us paid the price for us, for you and for me, so that we might be reconciled back to God. We didn't get what we deserve. When we can't be good enough, to earn it, we can't obey enough to somehow get God's favor. It is a gift because of Christ's forsakenness on the cross. And so I would just invite you to consider that. And if you are a follower, I think this is a great reminder of God's promises where he says, I will never forsake you because of my son's Going to the cross, God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Jesus sends us out and says, I will never leave you. I will be with you always. That's the promise of God, and we can trust that because of what Christ did on the cross. Now, here's the thing. We forget that a lot. The minute something goes wrong, we're like, God, where are you? The minute the doctor gives us bad news, we're like, God, why? The minute we go through something and we struggle, the minute God doesn't do what we tell him he should do, we're like, God, where are you? Why aren't you listening to me? It reminds me when, um, when we were visiting our granddaughter and we, we prayed, and I, I think I said, amen, 
at the end of the prayer and she corrected me and told me it's amen. And I'm like, oh, all these years and I never knew. And my two-year-old, finally someone corrected. You know, we can, we can kind of live our lives and, and, and kind of go down this pathway of going like, God, please do what I want you to do. I will tell you the way you're supposed to do it. And when he doesn't do it according to us, we're like, God doesn't hear me and God doesn't see me and I'm all alone. And, and this story is a great reminder that God's purposes sometimes go through pain. And Jesus cries out about being forsaken. And the thing I want you to see is, is the final words that he speaks. He's not saying, God, where are you? He's saying, my God. It's a covenantal term where God says, I will be your God and you will be my people. And even in the midst of him feeling forsaken, even in the midst of a, a world that had turned dark for three hours, even in the midst of the pain that he was going through, the words from his lips were, my God. It's a quote from Psalm 22, which is a messianic psalm that tells us what was going to happen to Jesus, but it's also a psalm of lament. And lament gives us voice in those times when God seems distant. A lament is a prayer to God, questioning God. And so he invites us to the biggest category of all the Psalms. And so Jesus is modeling for us what it looks like to go through difficulty and trust, even when God doesn't seem to be there, even when God doesn't seem to be doing what we ask, even when God isn't actually doing what we ask, that the words, he is still our God. We are still in relationship. He is still with us, and he promises to never leave us nor forsake us. And that's what we're to remind each other of. You know, when we show up for each other, we're reminding people that they aren't alone. When we show up for each other, we're reminding people that God cares about them. And I think in light of what, what our involvement in Cuba, where people are going through really hard times, you know, one of the reasons we travel there is because it's important for God's people to show up, reminding the sisters and brothers there or in Iran or in Mexico or wherever, in our neighborhood, to people across the street, to one another. Showing up is a reminder that people aren't alone, that they're not forsaken, and that God cares. And he wanted me to remind you about that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, 
in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for joining us at FPC. For more info and to connect with us, check out www.firstpresnpb.org.